everyone. Welcome back to Talks with Raj on, on finding amazing people that we want to connect with. Today, we have a very, very special guest. Um, and the topic we're going to talk about, it's, um, it's a prominent topic that has been buzzing around the world. We're going to cover metaverse. So to be very specific, we wanted to deep dive into the, the role of metaverse in finance. And, and to, to help me with this topic, I've invited a, a good friend of mine uh, at, and a subject matter leader on this space who knows this in and out, who's going to share with us not just what is metaverse, but also debunk some of the myths we're having. Without further ado, I would like to invite um, Craig to the podcast. Hi, Craig. Thank you very much for having me on uh, the podcast. Thank you for the invitation. I'm honored to be here. No, no, you're most welcome. And thanks for taking the time off for this with your busy schedule. Um, Craig, just to kick, kick us right, would you be great if you could just give a, a brief summary on where you come from, your background, so we can um, then we can dive into the topics. So um, I'm an expat South African, uh, now living in Dubai. And um, I moved across to Dubai as part of a career progression plan um, with Hewlett Packard Enterprise. So I, was, I come from IT. Um, my history is, has been in IT for the last 25 odd years. Uh, and around the end of uh, 2019, um, I moved out of Hewlett Packard and I started pursuing some other interests. Um, as you know, COVID came around in, in March and uh, we all got locked down and, and I pursued um, what I wanted to do was, was to continue with my MBA. And along that journey, I, uh, I fell into a company that had launched um, a business here in Dubai, um, a new cryptocurrency. Um, and along with that, um, they had started a metaverse project, which was really interesting to me, um, which essentially, together with my MBA, um, we started looking into the future of finance, the future of technology, the future of where people might be um, in the next 15 to 20 years. Um, and this metaverse project kicked off and I've kind of invested in this project and um, uh, worked with the project to see the growth of it up until today. Um, so fascinating space to be in, fascinating to see the amount of people that are coming into the space um, and fascinating to see how it's developing. Um, and that's what I do. That's, this is what takes up a majority of my time now. Oh, thank, thanks for that, Craig. It's exciting to know that you, people used to say they are with Metaverse on and off, but it's good to know that you are actually your main call for today right now. It's in the Metaverse zone. So we are lucky to have you here. And and just to start us off right, um, Craig, would you be kind enough to let us know what is Metaverse and most importantly, what is not? Because I think that's what we need to also know because a lot of people try to coin things together. So if you could share some thoughts on that. Yeah. So, yeah, I think, I think, Metaverse is synonymous with this technology. So, you know, you need to kind of marry Metaverse with Web3 um, together with blockchain technology. Okay. And it, and it doesn't necessarily, and when you say what it isn't, um, I think this is where a lot of people get confused. Um, it isn't AI. Um, right. <laughs> yeah, thanks for calling that out. You heard it right from Craig. Metaverse is not AI. It isn't. Um, yet you can layer it on top. Um, but as, as, a, as, as the next version of the internet and where we're going from an e-commerce perspective, um, I think that the metaverse is morphing into something that's going to become fundamentally part of our lives. Um, like we had the introduction of the internet um, way back when, 
um, this is the next version of that internet. Um, it's the next way that you will be able to transact over the internet um, in, in, in many different ways. I think that the, 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 the use cases for the metaverse um, has not even taken off. We are only in the, in the beginning stages. I think a lot of people look at the metaverse as this gaming platform, um, which, which to a large degree has, is where it started. Um, and I think primarily because this word gamification came around. Um, but as we start seeing the use cases starting to come around and creep into business and we're starting to see, um, especially kind of retailers and um, starting to look at the metaverse as a way to um, amplify what they do as a business um, and a way for them to transact in a different way. Um, so we'll start seeing this, this gamification um, take on a new trend. And we're certainly seeing it inside our world on top of our platform, what we build. All right. You mentioned a bit of, of your platform. Is it possible if you could give us more context where specifically your platform sits in? What kind of um, element do they operate under? Yeah, so, so the platform that I'm referring to, the project that I invested in, was a project called Lydian World. Um, and Lydian World was born out um, of an investment platform um, through GS Partners. And um, what, what we did was we had a virtual representation of the planet Earth. Um, okay. And what we did is we, we gamified um, investment and we gamified um, we gamifying um, the e-commerce platform. Essentially, what we're doing is we're allowing people to come on to this virtual world, this virtual representation of right. the globe. Um, and then we started layering how you can invest into this new economy. And that's essentially what we're doing is we're building an economy at the moment. So for the past two years, we've invited people to come on. And what they would do is they would um, select a country or multiple countries okay. and buy a citizenship. So like you would have a passport to go into a country, you could have a passport to be in a certain region with, on the platform inside a certain country. So like South Africa, like the United States or the different states inside, you know, or different parts of Europe. Okay. And they would come at different prices. And then what we did is we laid that with the ability to then mine. Um, okay. So to be able to mine a cryptocurrency and that cryptocurrency over a period of time. So real world money, Okay, going into the platform, okay, um, a cryptocurrency that is virtually spread all over the planet inside a certain country where you're a citizen, you can then mine inside that certain country. Over a period of time, over the next 18 to, um, to 60 months, depending on the size of the mine that you have, you would be able to mine that crypto, okay, and that crypto would produce a cryptocurrency which is tradable on the market today, which is called Lydian Stata, all right, and today... Um, our citizens that are mining Lydian's data now have the ability to purchase plots. Okay. So now what we've done is we've layered the planet with the countries, now with cities. Okay, And inside the city, you would be able to buy a plot of land with Lydian's data. Um, coming soon, as we develop this economy, all right, um, will be the next layer, which is actually building the infrastructure that goes on that plot of land. And what happens is, as you grow this out and as the citizens come on board, um, the citizens are attached to an economy and to a GDP in the real world um, and there is scarcity that happens. So as people come on board, there's only a certain amount of citizens can live in a, in a country and as okay. the citizens are taken up, so the price goes up, so the plots of land get sold out, the price of the plots start going up. So essentially you can sell your plot tomorrow for more than what you bought it um, today. Um, 
And then what will happen is we will then morph that into a virtual representation of buildings. So you'll be able to build a building on your plot of land. Okay, and we'll zone it, zone three, zone two, zone one, which is the center of the city. Uh, and then eventually what will come is the e-commerce platform. Okay. Uh, which will give real companies, real businesses, the ability to then digitally upload their business into this metaverse space inside a certain country and then transact across um, our platform. So take um, a e-commerce platform like um, Amazon, and okay. give it a 2.0 wrapping um, because this is where it's going. Um, and, I, and I think what's, what's going to happen here is that there's going to be a process of, in the future, multiple metaverses being able to, to, to transact across one another. Right. So cross-chain technology starting to come into being. And that's eventually where it'll go. Um, but if I could give you an example, for instance, um, just to, to make it real for you, Imagine that if you were a, a real estate agent in Dubai, okay. for instance, um, and um, if you remember um, when the internet came about, um, it was hard for people to understand how to market their product or build a, a website. Right. Um, so we saw the introduction of web developers and web companies starting to develop so that they could give you a, a, a front on the internet. And then you started seeing things like GoDaddy starting to come around, which give you the ability to, to kind of produce your own website. Now, what we're going to do inside the metaverse is we're going to provide that platform to, let's say, your real estate agent. Okay, We'll have developers on the, on the platform, enabling you as a business owner to upload your company, so your real estate agency, into a building inside the metaverse's gamified um, virtual space. And imagine now that you'll be able to go into, um, as, as, a, as, a, as, a, as, a, as a potential buyer, wanting to look at a, a home in Dubai. You'll be able to go into this real estate company, have a look at what they have to offer. You'll be able to scout around and have a look at the, the, the products that they have to offer. And then you'll be able to actually do a transaction. So imagine cutting out the intermediaries in the middle that they kind of muddy the waters around the time delay, around buying or purchasing something. Imagine going in, having a look at a property that you like, and then leaving that experience, owning a actual real-world asset, okay? And, and that's really where we're going. Um, and then what would happen is that company, that real estate or, uh, agency would be able to rent space in okay. that building from that citizen that owns that plot of land. So there's an economy that starts happening within that metaverse between real-world and virtual world. I think a couple of callers that I really like your explanation, I think one of the things that really stood out with me is that how we are always integrating the metaverse to the real world rather than trying to call metaverse as an independent which what people tend to lean on a lot it is not supposed to be an independent entity it is a it is the same parallel entity that works to the real life and i think you touched upon a few topics number one was you mentioned about the role of finance when you talked about cryptocurrency so there's the finance element and i think a couple of things you mentioned falls under the virtual asset realm which is asset either exists purely in metaverse or asset that exists in the real world that has a virtual identity in the metaverse that can be integrated or reacted or actioned upon which is i think which is phenomenal and i think what about when you mentioned why real estate is where you're currently specializing but i, I do feel that there's a lot of um for the ecosystem to develop there's a lot of integration needs to be done from from people from more system 
because ideally looking at the future i know we are we're jumping ahead a bit far but like ideally what we're saying is we see a building in metaverse and then we see a billboard that belongs to adidas so adidas actually rented the space because people are coming in is, is that how you imagine exactly how i'm imagining it and and understand that the metaverse that we're building is owned by its citizens so it's not owned it's it's a it's a decentralized environment although the, the metaverse is still a centralized place okay um and, and we can't divorce ourselves from centralization we're we're providing a decentralized experience so the the um the citizens own the plots they own the land they actually own the platform per se and what we're doing is we're going to companies like adidas in the future right. and saying to them there we have the space for you to take up advertising for you to monetize your product um, inside our virtual world um, and then obviously those sales then happen in the real world so there is absolutely a marriage that happens between the two and it's necessary and um, that it happens between between the two it's it's really just the gamification of of business really yeah i think it's like rather than thinking of uh, another thing it's more of the next level of our current world that is bringing more light because I think if I were to summarize in a one line for someone who don't even know anything about metaverse, right? I would say last time we used to buy things from the shop and then we started buying things from the app. Now you buy things from the from the virtual world. It, it's nothing has changed. The concept of buying and selling never changes. The way we do things have changed. It's not like an entirely new thing. It's just it's evolving to the next year. Correct. I think it's I think it's got a lot to do with convenience. You're right. And I think it's got a lot to do with building efficiencies into into commerce um, and the way that we invest I, i mean for instance we've got an entire generation of people that don't understand the metaverse and i'm, I'm talking age groups right okay? um so you know if i look at my platform um people that are investing and are coming on board are generally people that are kind of in their 40s 50s plus this is this is interesting right and because this is a generation that hasn't really grown up with the metaverse they don't understand this the younger generation understand the metaverse however the investor is an old i tend to find it's an older age group um, and they've got a an, they've got a want to understand how this works or how this could benefit them because these are the current business owners what we're seeing is 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 a generation of 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 younger people that understand this technology already but they're primarily focused on the metaverse inside this gaming world um which i think will naturally morph into what i'm talking about anyway um it's it's about educating a a group of people that have a want to actually uh, do something different that is going to change anyway right you know what i'm saying I think the one analogy that I'll use um Craig I know I'm quoting Professor Terence a lot here but we spoke yeah. about AI a while ago and AI means for people now chat GPT which is not no. right <laughs> so I think I feel like you you're 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 basically riding a very similar horse there by saying that the metaverse is more than the gaming platform that people are used to so yes. but the attraction are drawn towards this but eventually it will propagate to where we want to be now that you already mentioned some of the things but like what what would you quantify some of the key challenges and limitation in metaverse um, so i think the challenge right now is education okay um, it, it's it's building up the the 
the, the understanding of what a metaverse is and what the opportunity is. Um, and then, you know, if I look at the base of where metaverses are built, a lot of them are built um, with crypto as the fundamental trading component. Right. Um, and, and right there is where the mistrust happens, is because as soon as you say, Crypto, people go, oh, hang on a second, a lot of unscrupulous people are involved here, um, which needs to change. Uh, and I think the other challenge and opportunity at the same time is um, the, the real world banking. So, you know, you've got a world that's traditionally understands how to transact in a traditional way using fiat money, rands, dollars, yen, pound, um, and, and normal currencies. And now they're kind of being forced to kind of look at this crypto world and a new way of trading. And, and as a bank, most banks are risk averse. Um, they don't yeah. understand what they, they're getting involved in. Um, they, they know that it's, there's an opportunity, um, but they don't quite know how to enter that opportunity. And, and right now, a lot of the metaverse platforms are unregulated. And, and I think this is gonna change. I think what's gonna happen is you're gonna find banks and they're doing this today on, on exchanges. They're going to exchanges like Binance and all these big exchanges and putting pressure on them to um, to comply and pressure on them to have a more regulated um, experience. Because what's happening is you have these people that are now living, working and earning inside the metaverse that still require real world money. So you still right. need to go and buy your bread and milk and fill your car and pay for school fees and all things, which requires fiat money. And the banks are putting pressure on the exchanges, saying to them, you know, if you want us to be able to um, turn crypto um, from your platforms and um, that you're receiving these cryptos from on in, and go through the exchanges and then into the real world into bank accounts, we need to understand where that's coming from. So we need to be able to comply. We need to be able to know your customer and have all these kind of um, uh, anti-money laundering policies put in place. Um, and, and as this develops and as this changes, so you'll find the market becoming more regulated, which for a lot of people are going like, I don't really like that, but it's actually necessary in my mind. And from our point of view, if you want to have a, a real safe transacting environment, I think the, these worlds can absolutely live together and need to live together. But you need both sides to pull in the same direction. And, and that, in, in what I'm saying, is, is where the challenge and the opportunity lies today. And, it, and it, it's absolutely coming right. You know, if I look back a year ago, me trying to turn a cryptocurrency that I'd mined and earned inside the metaverse, exchanging it in an exchange and then, and then push, pushing it out into a bank account was extremely difficult. And it's becoming easier and easier and easier. And people are actually earning a living out of it. It's a new way of transacting, a new way of, of earning. So yes, it's, uh, it, the, the, I see the challenges as it's, it's inspiring to see the banks starting to face the challenge and, and, and change the industry and move in a direction that's making it easier for, for people inside the metaverse to actually transact. Yeah, I think it's definitely challenging the status quo, right? One yes. after another. But eventually when you reason out, more people are coming in, there's more awareness. I think... It's not just, oh, more people are going to do it, then people are going to change it. It's more of the, the government intervention, the regulation intervention, the intermediary. Everyone is coming together slowly and slowly, building the blocks that Correct. will allow you to have, like, okay, this is how it's going to be. And I think, I know, and I'm keep using analogy for our, for our listeners, but I think the closest I would say was app development, right? 
I mean, Apple started the iPhone and then the App Store became a, a next revolutionary thing, but not everyone will be able to do anything with it because you need a lot of you need a lot of infrastructure to build an app, which is funny. I'm using the word infrastructure very big, but then then it became ease. Anyone can build an app right now and then you can launch it. I mean, give or take, right? One or two days. So I think you need that that foundation to be evolved, adapted, accessible. And I now we're talking about accessible. I wanted to touch upon another point. Because let's talk about metaverse as as a as a way to UI front. Like, okay, if I want to access metaverse, where would you park inclusivity for people with disability, literacy, digital literacy, for age group that you already mentioned, right? How would you tackle those kind of um, areas? Well, I think I think the, the metaverse offers some really unique experiences for for, for, for people that are handicapped in, in various ways. Um, you know, you can you can be the avatar of your dreams. Um, you know, you don't have to be the guy in the wheelchair waiting. You can be actively involved in this in this virtual world and be anything that you like. Um, I think that there are some 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 things that we need to kind of be aware of. Um, mental health issues start start playing a part right. in you know uh, how isolated are you? How much time are you spending on, on online or in in this in this virtual world? And how does that affect you from a social perspective? So, you know, I think that as this develops, these are new problems that we're going to be faced with. But at the same time, it, it does offer some really unique ways for a class or classes of people that necessarily wouldn't be able to um, to transact in a normal way to actually transact and actually be part of a society and actually contribute. Um, you know, the, the, if you look at what the possibilities are um, around education, around um, oh, there's so many applications that you can that you can that you can do behind your screen and and, and kind of be anything. Um, I hope I'm answering this right. It's um, it's a, it's a tough question to ask or answer now because I think the development of this platform is only in its infancy. Right. And uh, we're gonna we're gonna see new challenges as this develops. No, that that is agreeable. I think I think I, I think you called out on it. It gives a platform of equality to everyone. Yeah. Like you have the same purpose as another person next to you. But of course, that opens up another can of worms, right? Like, what are people going to use for it? So there's definitely malicious intent on everything that you're going to create. Technologies only goes both ways, right? So I think there's a lot of, again, we're spinning back around, but I think it's, it stands as water, which is, it's always about having having the right set of rules, right set of regulations, so that you can address all the new challenges as it's coming up one and four. Yeah. Um, yeah, go for it. There's, a, there's another part that's going to be a challenge for us. So... You know, how are you ethically handling people's data? And what are you doing with that data? Where are you right. keeping that data? You know, and I think that if you start layering on things like like AI, um, I think that in the future, who owns your data is going to become um, important to you as an individual. Um, have you given your rights away as your digital footprint out there? Right. And, and what companies allowed to do with that, that digital footprint? And I think that's that's it's going to evolve into into some new challenges in the future. So these ethical questions are going to start coming up anyway as we start layering on. Because I think that that's the next the next evolution is to how you layer technologies like AI into a metaverse so that you can do transacting in a different way. 
Agree. And I think one thing, I mean, we, we will talk about towards the end in a short while about the future of Metaverse and what we need to get it right. But uh, before we jump into that, Craig, what are the emerging trends that you are seeing in Metaverse that, Rush, that is something that we need to look out for that's going to that's gonna affect the Metaverse more positively than it's ever? The first thing that comes to mind is education. Okay. Um, you know, I think that COVID and how we started learning in, from, a, from a, a virtual perspective or a remote perspective changed our thinking as humanity. Um, and, it, and it brought on a lot of thinking around um, how we could do education differently. And, and, I, and I go back to my own MBA and, and, and studying parts of this particular subject. Um, imagine that you're able to um, create a virtual classroom where you could have people sitting inside a room inside a metaverse and educating them at the speed of the person that requires learning in a different way. Okay, because we all know that we learn differently, right? But right. yet we get put in a, in a classroom all in the same way and expected right. to learn the same way. I mean, this is, this is the traditional way of, of learning. Um, layer a metaverse on top of this and give somebody the experience of learning in their own way. Um, might change the way that people are educated, might change the way that people, we might see the next generation of brilliance coming out just purely because of the way that someone is being educated. Um, and, and I'll come back to, to things like technologies like AI. Imagine that that has the ability to then watch you while you're being educated and right. then through your experience by watching you, eye dilation, your expressions changes the content and how it's delivered to you. I'm tired now. I'm looking tired. It slows it down. I'm excited now. This is really It layers on another layer because this is, this is how you learn, okay? And you're doing this in a classroom environment, but individually, okay? You're learning individually within your own classroom. Same thing. It comes back to the same things around, around how isolated do I become as a human being, you know, living behind the screen. Okay? You're going in one direction, right? Yeah. Okay. But you, 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 could, you could use technologies like... Uh, virtual reality, augmented reality, uh, mixed reality, um, and still have that human connection inside a classroom, but still have an individualized learning experience. You understand what I'm saying? So you yeah. could have this mixed reality of real world versus metaverse inside a real world experience inside a classroom. I'm thinking outside of the box here, but I'm talking about opportunity and where this potentially could go um, and the applications that you could probably possibly add to this. I could also imagine, I mean, education is a is, is stellar point, but I also feel education and also work environment, because I'm yep. a firm believer of the new new work environment. I feel there's something coming from COVID. We're only scratching the surface because work has been revolutionized, right? I think we have seen a full 360 change after COVID. So to your, to your point, right, having the ability to contribute to society while sitting in your chair, but also having the collaborative experience more seamlessly through the metaverse so you can go back to the real world but when you're talking about all this great what about maybe it's too far for us to speak on it where do you think the role of um i would say devices play in this so that you get the seamless experience or do you always envision this to be um, a screen or do you envision we need to change that again it's too early for us to say but do you think that will also play a role in our experience of of witnessing metaverse yeah so I think a lot of people marry um, these kind of um, glasses effect um, right. with a, this like virtual reality 
kind of experience with the metaverse. And, and it doesn't necessarily need to be that. I mean, if I look at Lydian Wolf, for instance, my platform, right. um, we don't use any of that. Okay? It's, it's, it's work. You can, you can operate um, your entire investment portfolio um, through your phone, through your um, mobile device. Um, you don't require a, a headset to be put on. But, you know, speaking of that, I think that there's certain applications that are going to make it interesting um, for people to be able to wear these types of technologies, um, wearable type of technologies like um, what uh, um, uh, Apple have brought out. But right. I, I still think it's very, um, how do I put it? Uh, I think there's still, it still creates a kind of boundary between um, the, the virtual world and the real world. In my mind, I think that a mixed reality is probably something that would um, float better somewhere in the future. You know, I remember Microsoft bringing out um, technologies that was called um, uh, HoloLens, yeah. where, you could, where you could see through the glass right. okay, and then still have the information embedded inside the actual. Right. So you could see what was going on, but you could actually, and, and it was interesting to see how engineering companies were kind of sending out people. They were using that. Yeah, and that use case between the people in the office telling the person out in the field how to do something um, right. um, on a mechanical level. Uh, and I think that could be quite interesting when you start mixing that into education, when you start mixing that into tourism. Think about tourism. Wow. Walking around and being able to, to have that kind of mixed reality um, and be able to see where you are, know who you're talking to. Um, but then, again, ethical questions start coming out. How much data do you want to be able to release for people and all the rest? Um, and people will have to volunteer to to kind of sign away their their their, their, their digital identity under the world, um, and at the same look, I think I think that it's something that people will naturally get used to and gravitate towards as um, they grow uh, confidence and as regulation plays a part and um, as they start seeing the commerce side of it working. Uh, uh, there's all these factors that start playing a part, but these it's, it's, it's layering on and it's a slow process. I mean, if I look at what we're doing inside uh, Lydian World, it's taken us two years just to get to this level of selling off plots and building this micro economy that's going to turn into an e-commerce platform much later. Um, but it's about building up that layer and people building confidence in what you're selling, what you're providing, the service that you're offering. And, and when it gets to the people level and an experiential level, um, the same things will apply. You're going to need to to trust in the technology and the wearable technology that you're wearing, uh, and, and what it's doing for you and the experience that it's providing. I think I think you summed up perfectly well. Just as we're coming to a closure, I think one thing that I would say, Greg, uh, I'd to hear your thoughts on it. Is for our listeners, right? I feel a lot of those already happening in pockets. It's just, it's not coming, for instance, right? If you take about IKEA, IKEA got this new, like their own stuff, which is basically, oh, you can actually take a picture of your house or go into video mode. You can imagine how the furniture will look like in your house, right? And then we had Pokemon Go, which is like, okay, you're going to find some. So I think the concept is being used by a lot of myriad of entity, not realizing that it all can be connected. And that is ultimately where Metaverse will sit because we are using an individual function of that. I think IKEA was as a good example that I remember. And I think I still remember that when you go for what you call that house visit for renting, you can actually have a 3D map of the house and you can walk around. It's a bit glitchy. It's not perfect. But all that could be with the way data are traveling, you could package that into a solid Metaverse. Exactly. 
um, and, and have a shopping experience. Right. That's that's ultimately where it's going. Is that um, it's it's <laughs> I could use the word decentralized inside <laughs> what you're talking about. It is. It's it's very. It, it's it, there's pockets of this happening all over the place, and and you need platforms like Lydian World to bring consumers and retailers into yeah. one place so you can have and this investors. yeah and investors you can have this complete um uh, experience uh, and it's safe right because that's 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 the trick is how do i build a safe and reliable platform um, that people continuously come back to and say this is what i want to do like you would go to amazon you know that when you do a transaction on amazon you know that your product is going to arrive at the front door. And if you're not happy with your product, you know that you can press a button and send your product back and you, the money will arrive back in your account because they've provided that trust factor. Right. And that, that's the key to their success. And if you can bring that into the metaverse from a from a, a, a transacting perspective, oh, you've got magic. Yeah, I think definitely we, we I, what I'm optimistic about that, Craig, is I think COVID kind of accelerated our pathway. So everything got accelerated from a technology, from the use case, from people's needs. So I think we are on an accelerated path where I think just a matter of time, we're bringing the right set of people, right set of entities together and have more platform as you suggested, right? Because one platform can only do so much. You want to have a collaborative entity. And I'm always drawn to the layer two because you need that for scalability. So once it's there for everyone, the entry cost with, with code it becomes cheaper then the entry to barriers is lesser. Then people, all sort of people can come in, small, medium enterprise, individuals, not just corporate, and that will self-sustainably evolve the demand and supply of the ecosystem. Exactly. And I think you, you touched on something quite important is, is scalability. And this right. is where the cloud players play a fundamental part. Guys like AWS, guys like Microsoft Azure, you know, these big cloud players that enable a, a, a platform um, that's scaling, especially around high commerce um, kind of times in the year, and to be able to scale with that with that um, with that platform, um, scale up and scale down. Uh, so it's going to be interesting to see how those partnerships develop, because I think it's going to be quite important um, how those how those those partnerships move forward together. Yep, definitely a perfect way uh, to end our episode. And, and thanks again, Craig. So much for your time. We appreciate your thoughts and uh, definitely looking forward to see what's happening in the metaverse world. So um, thank you very much for having me on your show. And um, look, I, I, I really look forward to, to hearing about uh, talks from Raj. Um, I was excited to, to, to have the invitation to come onto your show. Um, and to kind of end off from my side, if there's anybody out there that wants to talk a little bit more about uh, the metaverse, they can always reach out to me, Craig Evans, uh, on my email address. Uh, Craig.Evans369 at Outlook.com. And to you, talks uh, with Raj. Thank you very much. Thank you.